0: Nicholas Holt is Renfield, and Nicolas Cage is Dracula in the new movie Renfield. Or at least Nicolas Cage was Dracula until the director called cut, at which point Nick would take his fangs off. This video is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com Dan for a special offer, and stay tuned after this review for more info. Hello everybody and welcome to my review for the new movie Renfield, which is hitting theaters this weekend. As you can see, I am back on the road, so I have my hotel room backdrop. Also, for those of you that may have been expecting the new Streaming Charts with Dan show this week here on the channel, I had some family business that took precedence, so that did not premiere this week. It will premiere next week, so thank you for your patience on that. But let's turn to Renfield, which is from director Chris McKay of the Lego Batman movie, and more recently, Amazon's The Tomorrow War with a story by The Walking Dead's Robert Kirkman and a screenplay from Rick and Morty and community writer Ryan Ridley, who, in the spirit of full transparency, was also an acquaintance of mine from many years ago in the Channel 101 scene. Nicholas Holt plays Renfield, the decades-long familiar of Nicolas Cage's Dracula. After a century of doing his master's bidding and bringing him fresh victims, Renfield has a crisis of conscience and tries to separate himself from the legendary villain. But if you were to stop focusing on his needs, what would happen? If I don't... Yeah, what would happen? He won't grow to full power. Exactly. He won't grow to full power. What? That's so weird. Why would you phrase it like that? But yes, he's right. The movie's co-stars include Ben Schwartz as Teddy Lobo, a local crime boss's son who's more bark than bite, Aquafina as Rebecca, a cop determined to bring the Lobos down, and Shorey Agdashlu as the head of the crime family, who begins to find Rinfield's activities conflict with her own. Rinfield is the kind of movie that could have been all concept. You just basically sell it on the premise, Dracula's familiar, tries to make life of his own, and then you don't really follow through with that. But I think that the story does, and the casting of this movie really, is where the heart of it is. Nicholas Holt is really developing into almost like a classic Hollywood Jimmy Stewart esque everyman a friendly face who you just want to root for he's able to play both renfield's weaknesses and his supernatural strengths combining the dramatic skills that Holt has his physicality and a skill for comedy And then we have Nicolas Cage. This could have been another stunt casting choice. You get a big name with a kind of a weirdo resume like Nicolas Cage has, and then you don't really follow through with that. But as you know, when it comes to Nicolas Cage movies, he doesn't go 50% on anything, and he pours himself, of course, into this role of Dracula, but often in really surprising ways. I mean, he definitely does go big, but he also adds more than a dash of camp and a lot of humor to this role. My favorite scene in the whole movie isn't one where he's doing big Dracula action or sucking somebody's blood, it's a conversation between Dracula and Renfield where he's playing the victim, he's manipulating Renfield in that scene, and Cage plays it so perfectly, playing this kind of wounded version of Dracula who's then able to turn that evil on and off. This isn't just Nicolas Cage playing Dracula, this is Nick Cage bringing every amount of energy he has to bear as an actor to Reinterpret this role for the story that's being told specifically. Some call me the Dark One, others the Lord of Death. The film is unsurprisingly at its best when Cage is in it, but Nicholas Holt really does anchor the movie and keeps it afloat when Cage isn't there as well because you do like Renfield and you do care about this character. And the movie also has a hefty amount of action scenes, and I think that the action is really well choreographed. It's got that oh factor when you're watching it. Although there was one big thing that I noticed, which is that when you have action in this movie that decides to use CGI blood, Blood that's not really there. I understand that that's a cost-saving measure and it is kind of a aesthetic choice here in this movie. You have to get a little bit of practical blood on the clothes of your actors when you're shooting because there are so many scenes in this movie where Renfield is just in the middle of gushing fountains of CG blood and walks out clean as a whistle like nothing ever happened. I get that it's an aesthetic choice, but you can only stretch believability so far, and I can see how it's easy to overlook, but it's just one of those little things that helps make your movie more believable at the end of the day. Plot-wise, the Dracula-Renfield stuff is the strongest, there's a parallel plot involving the organized crime family that I don't think works quite as well. Ben Schwartz gets some good laughs out of his role, and Shora Agdashloo is a singular presence in every role that she plays, but both of them ultimately fade into the background as fairly generic antagonists. Aquafina is also adequate in what I think is an underdeveloped role. She has a family history storyline, a corrupt cop storyline, and a possible Renfield romance that aren't really explored. I like Aquafina, and I've liked her in most of the movies that she's been in, but I think that her role in this film is a little bit ill-defined. I don't know if there was stuff that was left out or added in during the different drafts of the screenplay, but something got lost in the mix there. One supporting actor who does make a big impact is Brandon Scott Jones as the leader of a self-help group that Renfield frequents. These self-help sequences really are where I think the premise of this movie works the best. The idea of taking something crazy like you know Dracula is real and he's in current day New Orleans and then grounding it in this reality where everybody just kind of is either talking around it or doesn't understand what's going on or even when things are revealed they just sort of take it in stride. It's not the sort of thing of oh my god vampires exist it's almost this thing of taking that for granted and then going for the comedic possibilities I like that tone and I think that it works for a good majority of this movie when it comes to the comedic parts of the film the comedy does work really well Overall, Renfield feels like a throwback to the mid-budget, fine movies that we sometimes forget also come out. It didn't cost $200 million, and it didn't cost $2 million. It's neither amazing, nor is it terrible. It's an often funny, yet somewhat flawed, but entertaining way to spend 90 minutes in a movie theater. Some people might look at this movie and say that it's not enough to justify a trip to the movie theater, but I would argue that this is kind of what the movie-going experience usually is. Sometimes just enough is enough and this movie is just enough for me to make a recommendation I think you're gonna laugh I think you're gonna have an enjoyable 90 minutes in the theater it's not gonna be one of the most memorable movies of the year the action sequences and the comedy scenes are great to watch with an audience it's not something that you're gonna lose an immense amount if you choose to stay and watch it at home although I do agree that that communal experience is part of the fun of this movie or at least it was for me but generally I think that Renfield is just one of those movies that. It's good. It's going to be a good way for you to spend an entertaining evening. So that's a general recommendation for me on Renfield. Not a glowing recommendation, but a recommendation nonetheless. And the two Knicks, Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt, really are the things to draw you in here and they do the best work in the movie. What do you think though? Are you going to be heading out to see Renfield this weekend or are you all worn out from Super Mario last weekend? I think it's setting up to have a good weekend number two at the box office. Let me know down in the comments below, and before we go, I want to thank the sponsor for this video, Athletic Greens, the makers of AG1. I've been talking about AG1 on the channel for quite some time, and I started taking it because it was hard for me to get into the routine of taking daily supplements, and I needed to do something to help improve things like my digestive health and my gut health, but eating breakfast is something that I do every single day, and so I take AG1 every morning when I make my breakfast shake, and it makes me feel like I'm covering my nutritional bases and just starting my day off right. It's also good to know that I'm giving my body so many things that it needs. AG1 was designed to help you live easier and better without having to make huge adjustments because it's just one scoop of powder mixed with water once a day or included in something like a shake making it easy to live your best life every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins minerals and whole food sourced ingredients and it's delivered to me every month so it's been super easy to keep my daily habit if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements athletic greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com Dan. That's athleticgreens.com Dan, D-A-N, to check it out. Thanks to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this video and thank you for watching. Be sure to stay tuned right here on the channel as we do box office movie reviews, movie news, and more. Until next time, stay safe and I'll see you then. Bye.